We live in a day of super-fast communication, and yet we have a failure to communicate. We are a fragmented people, speaking different languages, because we live on different planets. Seems that almost every statement somehow from another carries a knife somewhere in the conversation. It's, it's just hard to get along. Things fall apart when the center cannot hold. Well, once there was a man named Joshua who tried to get everyone on the same page, saying, choose this day whom you will serve. You have a billion gods to serve. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It's been our theme this fall. The choice of serving the Lord isn't a choice that is made once in a lifetime, but I think it is a choice that is made moment to moment. When you wake up on the wrong side of the bed, you have a choice. Are you going to serve the Lord? And how are you going to do it? How do you serve the Lord when your patience is wearing thin? How do you choose to serve the Lord when your relationships have gone stale? How do you choose to serve the Lord in your workplace? How do you choose to serve the Lord when you're in a rush and you're trying to get to your next flight? The opportunity to choose the Lord will present itself moment to moment each and every day. We will see the choice in our scripture this morning. From Mark chapter 10, verses 46 through 52, hear the word of God. They came to Jericho as he and his disciples and a large crowd were leaving Jericho. Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, a blind beggar, was sitting by the roadside. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many sternly ordered him to be quiet. But he cried out even more loudly, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and said, Call him here. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Take heart, get up, he is calling you. So throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, My teacher, let me see again. Jesus said to him, Go, your faith has made you well. Immediately he regained his sight and followed him on the way. This is the word of the Lord. What do you want me to do for you? When Jesus asked James and John that question, I don't know if you remember the text last week, they wanted to be seated next to Jesus in his glory, one at his right hand, one at his left hand. They should have known better that the glory of Jesus was not a throne and a scepter, but the glory of Jesus was to be a cross. They had been told that multiple times by Jesus, but they had not eyes to see nor ears to hear. What do you want me to do for you? Asked Jesus to Bartimaeus. And Bartimaeus says, My teacher, let me see again. And Jesus repairs Bartimaeus' eyesight, but Jesus does nothing for Bartimaeus' hearing. 
Because after the miracle, Jesus says, go, I mean go, go and see the world. Go, go, see the marvelous fall colors, see the smiles of the children. Go, go and see your mom and dad. Go see the brilliance of a sunset. Go, you wouldn't have to tell me twice. But Bartimaeus does not follow the order. Instead, he cannot take his eyes off his Savior and follows Jesus on the way. What is seen cannot be unseen. With, Bart with Jesus, Bartimaeus now sees life differently. Now, there are some scholars who think that Bartimaeus was a philo philosophy major. Every parent's nightmare. $58,000 a year on a college education to answer the question, what's it all about, Elfie? I'll tell you what it's about, son. It's about getting a job. <laughs> Philosophy. Not everyone is into it. Some see it as a waste of time, all that sitting around and thinking when you could be going shopping, wondering when we really need to get down to brass tacks. Philosophy major, do you know one? Do you have one in your family? It's the brother-in-law you're forced to bring to the Titans game because they said it would be good for you two to spend some quality time together. So you hop in your SUV and your Titans blue, but he's wearing red, not because he knows the Titans are playing Kansas City today or cares. He just likes the way red makes him feel. So you get to the stadium and you find your seats and you say, I'm going to get something to eat. You want anything because you want to spend less quality time with him. He says, yeah, I'll take an apple. Make sure it's organic, though. You come back with a hot dog and a lot of beer and the news that there's nothing organic in the whole stadium. Really, he says. And you hope that he might get up and go investigate. But instead, he contemplates the thought of it. Not an organic thing in the whole stadium. Hmm. Meanwhile, it's fourth in the yard, and the Titans go for it. Holding, holding, you've got to be kidding. Did you see a hold there? You turn to your brother-in-law accidentally, who replies, we are all holding on to something these days. Don't you think? And then he intently looks into your eyes and says, the art of life is really the art of dying. And dying is really the art of being able to let go. It's the first quarter and there's not enough beer in the entire stadium. <laughs> your brother-in-law, well, that may have been Bartimaeus. Some scholars thinking philosophy major for his name is Bartimaeus. Mark generally doesn't give the names of people who Jesus heals. Mark usually just says a man, a woman, a man, a woman, a woman, a man, a man, a woman. But this time there's a name. Why the name? Well, Bar means son, and so his name literally means son of Timaeus. And who is Timaeus? Well, if you're familiar with the dialogues of Plato, you know Timaeus to be one of the characters, a philosopher, a philosopher who prays the ability to see. 
the ability to see, saying, Sight is the source of the greatest benefit for us all. God gave us the faculty of sight so that we might be able to behold the order of the heavens. And God's corresponding order is in our own erring minds. Timaeus espoused that the order to creation, the physical elements of the stars, are planted deep in our own bones. Our very souls come from the stars, and our souls return to the stars if we live righteously. And living righteously was defined as choosing reason over the passions. Timaeus was one of the best sellers of his day, the time of Christ. And so it is this Bartimaeus may be Mark providing a little irony. He is a child of a philosophy. He is a child of philosophy, of seeing. And yet he's blind. He is a son of the philosophy of order, and yet his life is a mess. He begs. He cries out not to the heavens, but to Jesus. People tell him to shut up. You need not to be disrupting my day, they say. There are people out there who are crying out, like that guy on the corner where down here with all those signs. You ever see him on the corner of White Bridge and West End? Big old signs. Why are you disrupting my day, I say. I don't, can't even read all that. The crowd tells blind Bartimaeus to shut up, but he responds, crying out more loudly, Jesus, have mercy on me. And Jesus stands still and says, call him here. Thank God. Take heart, he is calling you. And blind Bartimaeus throws off his cloak. The philosopher's cloak? <laughs> Told this way, it's a conversion story. He's letting go of the bestseller of his life, ten ways to being structure and order in your life and choosing a road less traveled by, a road that has no order, just exchanging a cloak for a cross. What is seen cannot be unseen. He follows Jesus on the way. I mean, what choice does he have? He can't go back to his old life. He can't go back to teaching. He can't go back to lesson twos about discovering the stardust in your bones. You all have a little bit of heaven inside of you. You just need to live into the righteous order of the heavens so that inside of you, you can blah, 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 blah. He couldn't go back to all that schlock. Not after seeing Jesus. Not after being in the dark and seeing, and seeing the light. What is seen cannot be unseen. You can remember the darkness. You can remember the darkness all your life. People do that. Things can get dark. 
I'm reminded of Kevin Carter, the photographer who won a Pulitzer Prize photograph he took for a Sudanese toddler, toddler an emaciated girl who collapsed in the desert. And there behind her stood a very plump vulture. The photograph was so strong that it came with a note that the young girl made it to the feeding center and the photographer shooed the vulture away because people couldn't bear the thought of where that photograph was heading, the darkness of it all. Weeks after receiving the Pulitzer Prize for that photo, the, phot the photographer took his life. Afterwards, a friend said, Kevin always carried around the horror of the work he did. I remember Kevin sitting under a tree, smoking cigarettes one after another and crying. What is seen cannot be unseen. It can be dark. The choice, though, is light. But such a photograph inspires, inspires the many to give, to give care, to give their money for food for Sudanese children. It pushes people out of their comfort zones. Darkness pushes people out of their comfort zones. It did so for Jesus. He could have stayed safe in the zip code of the heavens, but he moved out of the safety of such a zip code, and he did not count equality with God as something to be grasped, but he emptied himself for one another, for us. What is seen cannot be unseen. Bartimaeus flipped off his philosophy cloak and picked up a cross. Order for chaos, the chaos of love. Because that's all he could see. It is the most powerful thing there is in the world. It is light, the sacrifice of giving. Think about it for yourself. Think about the things that stick in your mind, those moments of light when someone gave for you something of their life. I have lived 21,427 days, not that anyone is counting, but in those 21,427 days, I can remember one day, one afternoon, one moment in Jamaica with a youth group working on a house. And there was a tree. And in the tree, some fruit I had not seen before growing in a tree. I said, what is that? I said to the woman who had nothing. And there was the tree with the one fruit in it. And she motioned to her son, and her son climbed the tree and pulled it down. And she cut it up. And I said, oh, mango. And she cut it up into slices. And she smiled with the brightest smile you could ever see. 
and she gave it to all our youth. And in all the darkness that is Jamaica, the lack of hope, her smile, the gift of a mango one day, some summer ago, I can't stop seeing it. This is what it's about. Once you see the light, you can't go back. Room in the inn during a pandemic. What do you do? Stay in the safety of your zip code? while people freeze outside? What a dilemma. It's not a dilemma. You heard it. There's something good. There's always light, if you choose it. To dare to love, to find a way, What is seen cannot be unseen. The amazing beauty of people who dare to care. This is the choice of our day, people. To embrace the chaos, the knives, the hatred, the meanness. Or the chaos of the cross that always looks like love, always looks like life, always looks like light in the darkness. Choose. Choose this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. <laughs>